Hello and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Roos, founder and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Trust in banking hinges on the ability for financial institutions to safeguard identities and keep consumer and business data private, particularly during the account opening and onboarding process. Unfortunately, traditional know your customer and know your business verification processes are often synonymous with tedious and manual processes, friction, and onboarding delays. The longer the process takes, the greater the negative impact on your brand new customer or your customer that is already part of your organization. My guest in the Banking Transform podcast is Krista Trell, the CEO of Ideology. She discusses what can be done to foster trust across the entire customer journey while improving the customer experience for consumers and businesses. New ideology research reveals that unauthorized account openings have increased 21% in the past year, highlighting the impact of the growing cyber fears across the entire customer journey, much more than just an account opening or onboarding. More than ever, trust hinges on the ability for a financial institution to safeguard the identities and keep both the consumer and small businesses' data private. The challenge is being able to do this with a level of security without negatively impacting the customer experience. So Chris, before we start our discussion, can you tell me a bit about ideology and the services you offer financial institutions? Yes, sir. And thank you. I'm happy to be here on the show. So I appreciate the time that you're giving me today to talk about ideology. So ideology is uh, we're located in Atlanta, Georgia, and we are the trusted leader in digital identity verification and authentication. So we've been around since 2003. We've seen a lot. We've done a lot. We've provided um, innovative identity solutions and fraud prevention tools um, since 2003 for really any any organization, any industry operating in a digital environment. So um, I've been with the company for 15 years. I've seen a lot of change over the years. We've we've evolved quite greatly in the nearly in the nearly 20 years the company's been around and we've grown significantly as well. Um, we've had to evolve to many different changes in the industry, new regulations, new fraud vectors, things that have happened along the way. So the great the thing that I really love about ideology is how we've adapted along the way throughout history of the company to provide these really great solutions that balance deterring fraud with an efficient onboarding experience. We are owned, uh, our parent company is GBG, which is a global identity so, uh, identity company. And they really share the same objectives and, and uh, that we share at Ideology and they operate on a global perspective. You know, it's interesting, you referenced it a little bit that you know, the whole identity theft and identity identif- the identity fraud area, a lot of people in the past would have thought that's really a back office function. And, and we have a lot of listeners that are front office executives. And what, what's interesting is it really is a front office function because it is a customer experience functionality that the more cumbersome you make it, the more difficult you make the whole know your customer concept, it, it, it really impacts the person trying to open an account or trying to get onboarded. You know, financial institutions are used to and similar, they're familiar with know your customer, but they may not be as familiar with know your business. Can you talk about the differences between 
what you consider to be know your customer and know your business? Yeah, for sure. And this is something we're, we're really excited about as well. Um, so most companies, uh, they need to carry out due diligence to identify consumers when they're onboarding a consumer uh, to come on uh, as an account holder. But they also need to carry out that a similar due diligence to identify businesses that they're working with. Um, and they do that as a means to fight money laundering and other tax crimes, whether it's um, a, a, whether it's a customer that's a business or a vendor that's a business. Be- really being able to verify that that is a valid business is, is really important. And KYC focuses on verifying the individual. Know Your Business, KYB, focuses on identifying companies to really confirm that legal status of the company and its compliance with AML and other regulations. And there, there's... There's, there's still an individual being verified through KYB, but you're, 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 you're verifying that business first and foremost. And then from an individual perspective, you also want to verify the primary user, which is known as the ultimate beneficial ownership, uh, UBO. We'll say UBO for <laughs> the acronym here. Um, that's really the person that's responsible as a, as a legal representative of the, of the business who will be profiting from the business. Um, and establishing that, um, establishing the UBO allows, uh, really is uh, revealing who is directly benefiting from that business. So you want to make sure that you've got a true business uh, that's registered, it's in good standing, but you also want to make sure that you're verifying that individual um, that is the, the UBO for the business as well. So, so how big of a problem is identity fraud in the business contest compared to what we see in the consumer marketplace? Well, I think that, you know, it, it is a it is a big problem. If you think about, um, you know, banks and fintechs in particular, they're, they've, they've been hit hard by the small to, mis- small to medium-sized business lending fraud. Think about what happened during the pandemic with um, all of the SBA loans, right? There was so much fraud associated with that. Um, and in, in, in our, our studies and some of the research that we've looked at in the U.S. since 2020, there's been a 6.9% increase in um, small to medium business uh, lending fraud. Wow. I actually think it's probably much higher than that. We just probably haven't, um, haven't, haven't scratched the surface of it uh, because of what yeah. was going on with the small business, with the SBA loans that were out there. But these, these, um, these SMBs, they're specifically are being targeted for identity theft because you think about getting the business identifier, such as the, um, the EIN, the employee identification numbers um, from the business and account numbers. Those are really coveted and sought after by, uh, by hackers and fraudsters and criminals to commit financial account takeover. Um, it allows you to file for income tax refunds, take out those business loans that we saw happening during the pandemic. Um, order goods or services online. So there's, you know, those are that's just to name a few of the activities that are happening there. And they they know that hackers know that this is a weak point. Um, that the especially in the SMB um, uh, sector with the small to medium sized businesses, because forty three percent of the cyber attacks that are are aimed. They're aimed at those SMBs because fraudsters are aware that most of those don't have the necessary fraud prevention solutions and, and, and protocols in place. And you think about the, the, I guess, the size of this, right, the opportunity, which makes it really ripe for fraudsters. There's 30 million um, SMBs in the U.S., and that accounts for 99% of U.S. businesses. So it's a huge, it's a huge um, target 
for people who are trying to you know, uh, commit fraud against uh, these companies doing account takeover, opening up, doing these small business loans and, and, and the likes. Um, and, and from a KYB perspective, the, more, the majority of financial institutions today still rely on simple Google searches to identify those UBOs, those beneficial owners, um, to verify annual filings and financial accounts. And there was a, a study out that we saw from Thomson Reuters that um, showed that 40% of companies really employ no digital verification at the client account opening. So there's a real opportunity here to improve what's happening and um, really stop some of the fraud that's also happening in, in, the, in the market. You know, Chris, you're scaring me because I'm a small business owner. And as you're saying all these things, I'm thinking about the fact that, yeah, I don't I don't have the safeguards in place that a big company has. And and sometimes you get in your mindset that, you know, why would anybody pay attention to me? But my small business is probably a much better place to hack than my personal accounts. Seeing that it's the way into my personal accounts also. So how does ideology help financial institutions? with their Know Your Business initiatives. Yeah, yeah, so um, happy to talk about that. Um, as with everything ideology, it all kind of begins with strong identity verification, fraud prevention solutions. Um, we, you know, we put out a couple of key pieces of research every year at ideology. One is our um, annual fraud report where we talk to um, businesses in the industry. Some are customers, some are not customers of ideology, but we put this, this research is really good information in, what we found there is that, that that banking leaders have told us that the biggest challenge to fraud deterrence, the deterrence that they have today is the verification of identities. Um, and then when you stack on onto that, the um, the businesses that they're having to verify as well, it, it's a real issue. Um, so those bank, those same, that nearly the same percentage of those bankers told us that they really see multiple layers of identity verification as a critical best practice to locate, approve, and onboard legitimate customers. So a truly robust IDB solution that's going to provide that low friction experience to onboarding while deterring fraud and maintaining compliance. So when we think about um, what the ideology solution does from a KYB perspective and why I really love this new tool that we've launched out this year so, so much is because we have this such, we have just this robust identity, this KYC product that we call Expect ID. We have this such a robust product. And we've taken the, our learnings from that and the power of that, and we've combined it with being able to verify a business. So we're, we're doing all the, the simple checks, the verifications, right? Making sure that you've got, you know, you, you've got to look at to make sure you've got a proper um, EIN, that your, your business is in good standing, uh, that, um, and, and then in taking that, and then layering on those levels of verification from a fraud and risk perspective, making sure that there are no um, there's no suspicious activity going on. We've got these deep data insights that we've pulled together from our machine learning and human intelligence resources that we deploy across the product. And so we're combining all of that together, verifying the business, but also combining our learnings and the, the technology and the tools that we have from a KYC perspective pulling those real-time insights together through our consortium network, which is truly the most powerful consortium network that we have available in the market today. And so that this KYB product is now benefiting from all that we've done from a KYC perspective. And I'm just really excited about what we've done and how it's going to help, help our clients and help uh, future clients uh, in the industry. 
So what actually is a consortium network? Can you explain that a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting. So we're basically um, when when we when we're pulling in transaction information from our from our customers, our customers are um, they're contributing to the consortium, and we can see if there is uh, multiple attempts across multiple industries from a specific um, identity or a specific identity attribute. We can see um, so if we we can see that if a fraudster is hitting a bank over here in this area, we can also see that they're hitting three or four other banks. Um, with the same information. And so we can alert our customers in real time to let them know, you should probably take a look at this to say that, you know, this is this is suspicious activity. You should probably take a look at this and maybe escalate that, that, that consumer or that business to a higher level of escalation, at least take it through some sort of review before you allow them to open an account. So it's really powerful because we can see it not just within a specific industry, but again, but within all the industries that we're working with. And those are some cool things that we've seen over time where we'll see fraudsters jump from, it, you, they may start in, um, they may start with filing a tax refund, but then it pops over to open a bank account. And then it pops over to maybe do something in the, the, the online gaming space, right? So it's just interesting to watch how this fraud can move from, from business to business and industry to industry. And we can see all of that happening in real time within our consortium network. You know, it's interesting. We, we now know that we do more and more in the whole identity fraud area. But as you do more, it by its own nature creates some friction, some, some stalling in the onboarding and the new account opening process. How do you balance the whole issue around identity process with the customer experience and making it so that it doesn't slow down the whole digital account opening or onboarding process. Yeah, that's uh, this is something that we've really specialized in over the years and continue to hone the, the practice where we give our customers choice. And so we have, and it's really going to depend on the risk appetite for um, what the business has, what they're, what they, what they, I guess, interpret their compliance rules to be versus their risk rules. And so we give our customers choice, a completely customizable solution that says, okay, if you've got a really um, low threshold for risk, then you can just, you know, zoom through, set up a workflow that just allows um, consumers to get through friction-free, no, you know, seamless, silent authentication, just get right through the process where we have other customers that have a really um, high risk, um, they're, they're very risk adverse. And so they may come through and just say, you know, if we see one thing wrong or one suspicious attribute, then we're gonna make you escalate to a higher level of verification. All of that's done in, in workflows within our solution and our platform. And it um, really enables customers to have the control over what they wanna have happen within their solution. I'll tell you, most customers today, are looking for a friction-free experience. And so that really requires deploying on the on the back end um, a solution that's looking at various attributes of the identity, activity of the identity, what's been happening within the consortium, within the network, within that identity. And so looking at all of that kind of behind the behind the scenes and providing a really robust uh, response and um, and result for that consumer and being able to do that without the consumer ever even knowing that it occurred, right? We don't, we, we want to be as friction-free as possible, but we do give our customer choice on what they want to do there. So 
it's really a tug of war. You have the fraudsters trying to stay ahead of companies like yours and the financial institutions. You have your company and financial institutions trying very hard to stay ahead of the fraudsters. How do you keep evolving and how do you keep trying to keep ahead of what's going on in the marketplace? You, you mentioned earlier the whole issue, the PPP loans and all the fraud that went on there. But this is something that just dropped in your lap. I mean, as it did the financial institutions and all the issues and opportunities for fraud and identity theft that took place. How does ideology stay ahead of the curve as it relates to what's going on in the fraud and identity theft side? Well, there's there's a few ways. First is um, we're listening constantly. So we listen to our customers and the problems that they're having and, and to see if that's something that we can help with. Um, I, I've always been a firm believer that if you want to if you want to beat the fraudsters, you got to be able to think like the fraudsters. You got to be able to kind of understand how they think and how they act. And so we've we we spend a lot of time, um, you know, in forums, right? Um, listening and looking at at some of the things. The, the thing I'll tell you is that as an industry, from a, a banking industry. Uh, where we need to get better is collaboration within the industry. Within the industry, and I, I'll, I'll probably say this in every interview I ever give, uh, because from a fraud perspective, hackers and fraudsters collaborate. They collaborate so because they're proud of what they're doing, right? And so they collaborate so much more than than we do as an industry. And so um, you know we see that we see that happening and so we're we've got our ear to the ground we're listening we're seeing things and plus we're seeing things in real time too so you know um some of the 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 fraud that we saw during the pandemic we were watching in real time and so we could see this stuff happening and we were immediately if the system wasn't catching it in real time we were immediately picking up the phone and contacting our clients to say you need to change a setting because this is getting through or or you need to do this. And you know what, if we didn't have a solution that could stop the type of fraud that was coming through that we saw, we immediately got to work in our product and development um, teams and created something very quickly. We have a, um, a fun little acronym uh, when, when we talk about how we operate as a business and we call it GSD. Um, and I'll just say, to be polite, we say get stuff done, but you can replace that S with another <laughs> with another term. Yeah. But that's how we operate. And we don't let we don't let processes and procedures get in the way. When we know that there is a, a an issue that needs to be resolved, then the teams get right on it. And within, you know, a few days we can have a new feature or a new setting deployed that stops the fraud that's coming in. So um, and I'm really proud of the team and what they do there. You know, it's interesting. We we think about know your customer and the whole fraud prevention process as something happens at account opening. The reality is you really have to monitor the customers, both on a consumer and a small business perspective throughout the entire customer journey, don't you? It's not something that ends at the onboarding process. It's really something that continues throughout the entire customer journey, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Because you think about you need to make sure that you've got kind of that ongoing transaction monitoring, the AML solution. Um, you've got to make sure you've got that deployed and running properly. But there are um, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen after the consumer has been onboarded. You can onboard a legitimate consumer and then, you know, a few months later, they could fall prey to a phishing scheme, right? So maybe they've they've accidentally given up their username and password and suddenly a, a fraudster has access to their account. Or, you know, there's so there's there's phishing that can happen. 
Uh, there's um, call center fraud that can happen where, you know, hackers are coming in and fraudsters are coming in and trying to um, do social engineering so that they can get access to accounts. So you really have to have tools and controls in place every every step of the way so that you make sure that you're protecting the account, the account after they've been onboarded as well. So let's say I'm a, I'm a customer or a small business and something has happened to me that, you know, the fraudster got through the network. What is the process and how do you help financial institutions make it right for the customer? Yeah, so I think that um, the, th- the thing that we always um, that, that we always do, that we always uh, make sure that we're impressing upon um, the folks that we work with, first and foremost, we work directly with our client. We're, we, we, we don't work directly with a consumer um, because we are we are um, a product that our that our that the banks are using behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and so we'll work directly with the banks or our customers to say, "This is what we found, and we think you need to, you know, take some steps to either, you know, review this account or shut down this account." One of the things that we always um, that that I personally always will suggest people do is make sure you're monitoring your credit report, make sure you you know freeze your credit report, um, make sure that you're taking the steps there. So that people can't open up a line of credit in your name, or your, you know, um, or um, any other type of accounts in your name. So making sure that you are monitoring that on a regular basis. But we work really closely with our customers when we, uh, and, and we have a lot of feedback from our customers too, where they'll say, "Hey, we found some fraud. Can you tell me what you? Can you tell me, you know, what you what you see on this in your system?" And so we'll go back and forth. So there's just a lot of collaboration with our fraud team that we have at Audiology and our customers um, to make sure that we're getting them all the, the pertinent information that they need to, to help solve the cases on their side. You know, it's interesting. Fraud is not going away. No, no. You know, identity theft is not going away. So, so to wrap this up, what do you see as the future of identity theft, identity fraud, identity fraud prevention? And most importantly, what do financial institutions need to do right now to protect themselves and make it so the experience is better for the customer, both small business and consumer? Well, maybe I'll start right there and then I'll talk about future. But um, so right now, what what companies can do right now is please make sure you've got a really robust solution running in the background. I'd love for every, obviously I'm biased. I'd love for everyone to use ideology. So you really got to make sure that you have a robust solution that can provide the seamless experience that you want, but you can't trade off having a seamless, frictionless experience um, with, um, you can't, that can't be a trade off with fraud, right? You have to be able to still stop the fraud um, and onboard true legitimate consumers and businesses um, with your company. So having those multiple layers of verification, multiple points of escalation, ways to escalate uh, paths for that, having the ongoing monitoring in the background, there, there's, there, it's just a, a very, having a really holistic approach to looking at that, understanding your customer base. You know, when's the last time you really look to see how your customers are performing, um, have you, you know, done any type of recent analysis on your on your customer base? Um, from a future perspective, um, you know, it's it's interesting because it, like I said, in the past twenty years, we've evolved greatly, um, just because of regulation or because of new uh, fraud. You know, all the data breaches that occurred. Right? We think about I don't know, ten years ago or more. 
it was it was enough to just do basic matching to verify someone's identity. But yeah, their name, their address, their social, their date of birth, it all matched. It meets the their signature card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and now that's not that's not enough anymore, right? And so um and and it's never gonna be enough again. So um I think you know, evolving, there could be, um, we've got to look at things. We've got to make sure we're keeping a pulse on regulations, you know, like the CCPA and then the new rule in California that's going to be uh, going live next year in terms of how consumer data is protected. And I think when we when we think about the future, that's something that's always on my mind is how we're protecting consumer data and making sure that we're treating it with the, you know, with the utmost respect, um, but in, in how we're keeping fraud out of, of companies. And I think the the opportunities are just endless. Uh, but I do I do believe, you know, the pandemic really forced most most companies to go digital to go online. We're never going to go back from that again. And so, um, continuing to look at ways that we can onboard consumers uh, in a digital way without a lot of friction, making it a good experience. Um, but you know, making sure you've got that really robust fraud prevention solution in the background. When I think about the future. I, I really think that it will be very seamless, very quick, but I think that consumers will also have a lot more control over the use of their data. And that's something that we've got to make sure that we're, we're, we're remaining a part of. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. You know, I, I know people can look it up online, but what's the best way to get a hold of the people at Ideology and to, to start the discussion around making a more robust KYC and KYB solution? Yes, sir. So uh, we'd love for you to come visit our website. It's uh, ideology.com. So I-D-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Um, you can find out uh, there. You can see ways to contact us. We've got a lot of great white papers. Um, we've got our research report. So some of the research that I mentioned, it's there and uh, there's some really great data there. So we'd love for folks just to come visit us. And um, I'm on LinkedIn. People can reach out to me anytime. I love talking to folks. So, um, yeah. You know, Chris, that's a very good point. You bring up about the research and all the white papers and things you've done. You know, I found in researching about your company and getting prepared for this podcast that you have so much data that if somebody's trying to make a case for their institution to make a more robust solution. You know, you give them a lot of tools to make that business case for them. So, you know, I suggest everybody go to the website, if nothing else, no matter who you decide to go with and learn a lot about how big the problem is and some of the possible solutions out there. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show again. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to give our show a five-star rating. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Hasledge, audio engineer, Sean Will Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, remember, as identity theft becomes more prevalent, Financial institutions need to view safeguarding a customer's identity as part of the customer's financial wellness journey. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. 
If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.